What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today, I am joined by Mackenzie Fox. Mackenzie is the Director of Operations at The Collective, which is a treatment center here in Nashville focused on social health and connection. And then she's also a therapist who works with folks who are struggling with eating disorders, disordered eating, body image, and relationship concerns. So Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I know I just kind of said your like bio of like what you do day to day, but I would love for you to just introduce yourself to our audience a little bit more. Um, and yeah, tell us a little more about the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, great intro. I'm McKenzie. <laughs> um, I've been in the therapy field now for um, about three years professionally. Um, I've been involved in the eating disorder community now for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about 11 years into recovery myself from an eating disorder. Um, so this work is pretty familiar to me, yeah. um, but it is still honestly fairly new as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, working with disordered eating, eating disorders, body image concerns are really my big focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I found in the last couple of years that body image really is where my passion lies and helping Mm -hmm. folks, um, particularly in fat and plus size bodies, Mm -hmm. um, work through body image concerns, but also find body liberation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And so do you feel like for you, your own recovery experience kind of sparked your passion for wanting to work in this field? Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember the first time that I noticed that, hey, maybe there was something wrong with my relationship with food Mm -hmm. um, and was participating in some compulsive exercise. Mm -hmm. I was talking to my PCP, my my doctor about it, and his response was to diagnose me with binge eating disorder, um, Mm -hmm. which was not what I was struggling with. not Mm. binged a day in my life. Um, And so I think that was one of the first times that I had noticed feeling sort of, um, almost like imposter syndrome with having Mm. an eating disorder, right? Like I didn't fit into the typical, um, what I thought at the time, like the stereotypical, Mm. like who has an eating disorder. Um, and so walking through that journey, I found an amazing therapist. She was like, Oh no, girl, you got an eating disorder. Like let's, (laughs) let's work through some, some recovery stuff. And so I, took that and I was like, I don't want anybody to have this experience Mm. that I did. Right. Like I want to be able to, um, to help others recognize those behaviors, that pattern earlier on than what I did. Yeah. Cause yeah, I feel like it's probably so easy for people going through recovery or kind of at that, like early point of like something feels off and then you do the brave thing of like reaching out for help or kind of saying like, Hey, something feels off to then kind of be dismissed in a sense or like, Oh, well you probably have binge eating disorder. Like to Mm -hmm. kind of be put into this box um, could probably keep a lot of people then from getting help or 
maybe they get help, but it's for something they don't need help with. So then it's like, well, we don't have the same issue here. Yeah, for sure. And to know that like, you know, my experience with the medical field Mm -hmm. up until that point was really celebrating weight loss, you know, for me, Mm -hmm. even when I was doing it kind of by any means necessary, right? Um, And not not healthy ways at all. And so Mm. so I I can imagine that there are a lot of people out there who Mm. have a similar experience, especially if they're living in a fat or plus size body. Yes, yes. Which, yeah, I feel like it's so hard of like the medical field is very fat phobic. And so it's very Mm -hmm. praising of weight loss. But then it's like when we peel back the layers of like, okay, but you're also like praising this eating disorder. Cause if we look Mm -hmm. at how this person has lost weight, it's been in very unhealthy ways. And if someone in a smaller body was engaging in those behaviors, you probably would have more red flags of like, Oh, we need to get you help. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Cause I'm, I'm sure people listening are probably resonating with that. Like, I'm curious what that experience has been like for you and maybe what still like, or maybe like what helps you like, advocate for yourself when it Mm. comes to like being working or like being a patient in like healthcare. Yeah. I think that is, um, I mean, even for me, like that does this as a profession, um, advocating for myself in a medical setting can still be really intimidating. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways, like I'm very fortunate in that, like we live in a fairly large metropolitan city. And so I have access to providers who are haze informed or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, fairly what I would even call fat positive, Mm -hmm. um, But prior to that, I mean, it was just advocating in ways. My favorite question um, to ask medical providers if I feel like I'm not being heard is Mm. if I was in a thin Mm. body, would you be telling me the same information? Mm. Right. That's so good. Um, And that's kind of like a starting point of, and the answer might be yes. And if they can give me as a reason to why, perfect. I'm not a medical professional, right? Um, However, I feel like a lot of times in statistic and research say that like um, medical professionals kind of stop with like weight loss, sort of regardless of whatever um, the client or the patient might be presenting with. Mm, Yes. And it's hard too. I feel like being trained as a dietitian, even thinking about how we were, we are trained is like very weight loss focused, very numbers, BMI. And so I know even for me, like going through my journey of like, un, it's like unlearning so much stuff that we were taught. And so I'm sure, cause I know, yeah, here in Nashville, there's so many, well, I don't know if there's so many great doctors, but there's, <laughs> we have some great doctors yeah, who have like yes. feel great sending clients to, and I'm sure they probably had a similar journey of like kind of having to unlearn some stuff that you like mm-hmm. learn in school. So maybe you naturally believe it to be true, but then you're like, wait a second, this like doesn't yeah. add up. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the word or the phrase body liber- liberation. I'm mm-hmm. curious for um, people listening who maybe are like, what does that mean? Like, how would you describe that? Yeah. So body liberation. I mean, I think it's the idea that um, in sort of as simple of terms as I can put it, it's I think of it as like an activist effort. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I um, come to terms and sit with and be in my body um, just the way it is without changing anything? Um, It 
it gets its sort of roots from the body positivity movement, which comes from the fat activist movement and fat acceptance movement of like the 60s, um, which is this idea that like there's nothing wrong with anyone's body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are just people that are existing. Mm-hmm. We are also, um, you know, I work a lot with the the fat community as an activist. And so framing that up for folks of like just finding um, ways that you can I think maybe be unburdened by your body, right? But does it mean you have to love it all the time? It doesn't mean that like, quite frankly, it doesn't even mean that it has to like work well. And I'm putting that in quotes, right? Um, All the time, because people are struggling with chronic illnesses. They have disabilities, they have whatever, right? So we may find it difficult to be body positive Mm -hmm. um, as far as like, oh my God, I love this thing that I'm living in every day, right? But the liberation piece is the idea that like, I am able to exist in this mm-hmm. without um, judgment from myself and without perceiving judgment from others. Yeah, yeah. And working to create that space for for others. Mm. Which I'm sure is such a hard journey for people, but I'm sure also very liberating <laughs> for a lot yeah. of better phrase. <laughs> yes. yeah. Um, yeah, what does that even look like? Like when you have clients starting to work with you who maybe are even new, like this maybe is like their first step. Like maybe they've experienced a lot of like weight centric care in the past. And so this idea of body liberation is new. Like what is that journey or maybe those kind of like starting points look like? Um, while I also know it's probably very individualized to different people, but just kind of like generally speaking. Yeah. I think one of the first things that I'm doing with with clients or really with anyone when I'm working with them around body liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the health every size mm-hmm. framework is, um, I don't know if easy is the right word, but like, it's a little bit more palpable of like, let's just shift things away from mm-hmm. being weight centric and let's go to like looking at your overall health. Right. Yeah. Um, and so once we sort of get this, um, once they're like, okay, cool, health at every size, got it, I'm rocking with that. Then we yeah. kind of really even transition into the idea that like, hey, even if you're not healthy by whatever definition definitions you like see that as, mm-hmm. is like, it's not a moral failing, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who, once again, kind of going back to like chronic illnesses or, mm-hmm. or disabilities can never be quote unquote healthy. Yeah. And that doesn't have to mean anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not what your, your life goal is. Um, and so that's sort of the kind of transition that I make with people is like, cool, let's start with health at every size. Mm -hmm. And then let's expand it a little bit more to like, okay, cool. Now that we've got that, do we need to focus on body really as much as we have been? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think even with that, it's helping people kind of define health for themselves because I feel like Mm -hmm. we live in this culture where it's like, this is what health looks like. You need to look like this, you need to eat like this, et cetera, et cetera. So giving people the freedom of like, what does health mean to me? Especially like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, bringing in chronic illness and so many other things where it's like, okay, me as an individual person, what does health look like to me? And what do I even like value when it comes to my health so that people don't feel like they're having to be put in these boxes of like, well, this is what health should look like for you. Yeah. And really my work that I do at the collective is really expanding on that, right? One of the big things that we talk about is 
the five pillars of health, which include mm. physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and social. Totally. Um, and so people tend to spend a lot of time existing in this, what is physically healthy, mm-hmm. but they're really not like expanding their definitions of health in those other realms. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is where like a lot of eating disorders come from, right? Like a lot of times it can be this like hyper fixation on being physically healthy and it's like, okay, but like, if you're not going out with friends and hanging Mm -hmm. out, if you're not filling up your social cup, right, your connections Mm -hmm. with others, or if it's getting in your relationship or getting in the way of like being able to do schoolwork or whatever, right? Like, are we actually that Mm -hmm. healthy? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I ask that question to my clients all the time because I'm like, okay, you seem to be like focusing a lot on these like physical aspects of your health, but the puzzle is so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Like, and oftentimes we see like, okay, you're focusing so much on physical health that these other areas really aren't that healthy. So like, are you really that like, if, if health is really your goal, we're not there. Like we're focusing way too much on one piece instead of focusing on like the whole entire puzzle. Absolutely. Um, so I know we've talked or we've used the word fat a lot in this conversation. I feel like there's people listening who may be like, oh my gosh, like, did they mean to say that? Um, (laughs) and I know it's a conversation I have with clients sometimes of like, really what using that word means and what it doesn't mean. And kind of like, I think people can think it's this like taboo word. And so I would love, yeah, for you to speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I think it is so nuanced, right? So, I mean, if there are people out there that are listening and they're finding themselves having a reaction to the word fat, it's to just notice why, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. a lot of times when I'm talking to people about their experience, even just with that word, it is mm-hmm. so shrouded in like just um, fat phobia. It's mm-hmm. shrouded in trauma a lot of the times. Yeah. Um there are a lot of times people have memories of the first time that they were called fat or mm. what their perception of, you know, their mom or dad saying that about them or about other people, right? Like there's a lot um, of emotion that's typically packed behind that word, right? Yeah. Um, there is a movement within the fat community. And I think it's important to talk about like people in larger bodies as a community, as a culture, we have a lot of shared similarities. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's Mm -hmm. been this movement to kind of like take back that word, right. Mm -hmm. To let it just be neutral Um, in the same way that we would like refer to someone as skinny or thin and may not have as many like um, feelings about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I want fat to then be that same phrase. Right. Um, You can look at me and see like, okay, that is a person that's in a fat body. Mm. Um, and like, that's cool. Um, Mm. and so being able to help people kind of like take back that word, Mm. or if you've never existed in a larger body to like really sort of like use it as an end to kind of look at maybe what the internalized fat phobia is for you and what like you're equating fat to, um, Mm. is a lot of the work that I do with people. And it's what Mm. I encourage people to sort of do on their own as they're hearing these words, Um, And it's giving you pause Mm -hmm. to sort of take the thought a step further. Like, okay, so the the word fat brings up like an icky or like is a bad word, quote unquote, for you, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me why. Like, what's behind that? Mm. Is it that I'm bad? Is it that I'm lazy? Is it, Mm. you know, whatever the words are? And then like explore that further. Mm. Because, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can trace it back to, like you said, of like being 
called fat in middle school or Mm -hmm. their parents saying something where it's like they can trace it back to like, well, this felt like this thing that I didn't want to be. It was like bad. Um, and so then it feels kind of even within that like body liberation lens, it feels like this, like, okay, taking back this word, redefining what it actually means. And then Mm -hmm. also doing the work that may need to be done around those like lived experiences people may have. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, if it's connecting it back to a memory for you, right? Like if we're going back to middle school and somebody calling mm-hmm. you fat, I can envision, right? That like what that meant in that moment was that you're somehow not worthy of my connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if you're hearing your mom make comments about either herself being fat or other people, right? Like that, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm this thing, it's really bad and maybe she won't love me as much. Right. Like mm-hmm. a lot of it comes back to connection with Mm -hmm. others, which is why I think it is so important to like, um, you know, once again, kind of going back to those five pillars of health, right. Mm -hmm. To like being able to look at this as, um, to look at like fat folks as a community, as a culture, Mm -hmm. um, is really important because a lot of times that word has been loaded with disconnection. Totally. Yes. Um, and I think I've seen this with some of the clients I work with, as they're starting to take back this word for themselves and how like they want to use it, then having friends who are like, no, you're not fat. Like you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so then like those sort of phrases, it's like, okay, so I can't be both. Like why? Um, So yeah. What, what can that look like for someone where it's like, you're maybe doing a lot of work, but then there's Mm -hmm. people in your social like circle who don't probably have some internalized like fat bias where it's like, Oh gosh, like what do I say? Like, how do I respond? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think that can really depend on like the day or the person, right? Mm -hmm. There, you know, I do this as, as a career. And so Mm -hmm. I find myself being much more amped to be like, Hey, what's up with that? Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't say I wasn't beautiful. I'm hot. Right. Like, yeah. Like I'm fat (laughs) and hot. Right. Yeah. Um, And so a lot of times I will be playful in that, right. Um, Mm -hmm. As a means of sort of education and just being able to kind of slip in, right. Of like, okay, cool. But like, I didn't say that. So like, let's talk about that assumption. Mm -hmm. However, if you're a person that's like not wanting to have that conversation Mm -hmm. with your friends all the time, Mm -hmm. being able to set some internal boundaries, right. Mm -hmm. Of like, okay, that person, they're struggling. They've Mm -hmm. got some, some internalized fat phobia going on. And maybe today is not the day. Mm -hmm that I have to address that with them. Yeah. But I also don't have to take it with me. Right. I can let that be about them. Mm, Yes. That's such a good point. Cause it really is. It's like more of a reflection of their own probably work they need to do in their own body and how they view other people's bodies. Um, But it's very easy. I'm sure to take it personally too. Of course. Yeah. Because look, we've all really been conditioned, especially if you're living in the U S that like, this is one of the like big things that you should not be. Right. Mm, Um, and with that comes a a lot, right? Like Mm. that is a very, and so I can imagine for folks like that. I don't know if I necessarily always want to like be walking around having to engage with people. Totally about their fat phobia mm-hmm. because it really shows up at like all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it is, yeah. it is popping up all the time. And so for, you know, for people who are wanting to like work on that within themselves, it's like, Hey, sometimes it can be just as simple as, 
I'm going to let them have their thoughts about that or whatever. Um, as long as it isn't like a, um, I mean, I think all fat phobia is harmful, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes it's, there's the difference between covert versus overt, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friends who have walked on this journey with me are trying mm -hmm. um, and they're really doing like this amazing work for themselves, even if they're not living in fat bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, they're still going to say things that are fat phobic. I still say mm -hmm. things that are fat phobic, right? Mm -hmm. um, because it is so entrenched in our day-to-day -day lives. Yes. Oh, yes. It's like having to unlearn so much while our society, even though maybe there's little glimmers of hope of like some things changing, mm -hmm. it's like our society is still very much moving in one direction and all of us are moving the other direction. And it's yes. like, how do I unlearn all this stuff where there seems to be like new stuff to unlearn every day? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I know you recently started a new business as mm -hmm. I guess you've been working as a therapist for a while, but now doing yeah. kind of more specific body image coaching. Um, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little more about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've been working as a therapist, um, for a while. One of the things I was noticing in particular with therapy is I felt a little like constricted by, um, being in an office with a client mm -hmm. and like really because of <laughs> ethics and, and just like the nature of therapy, right? I really look at therapy as like helping a client or helping someone um, build a foundation for their home, mm -hmm. right? We've like torn everything back to the studs where, you yeah. know, like really getting in there and laying foundation for healing. Um, and so I was walking with clients doing all of this like amazing work. Mm. And then we would reach this point where it's like, okay, we've kind of done our therapeutic work, right? Like we've gotten to this point where you're rocking and rolling, like your house mm. is built, you've got doors, mm. you've got windows, like you've got yeah. everything. Um, but there was this like disconnect of like, okay, but now what? Mm. Um, and so I pivoted a little bit to doing some coaching, mm -hmm. you know, for going with the house analogy is like the coach which is the person that sort of comes in and helps you decorate, right? Yeah. They look at the, the things that you have and they help you make it a home. Um, and mm -hmm. so for me, being able to do some coaching with clients was um, who struggling with body image was letting them sort of bust out of the therapeutic office and like, let's mm -hmm. clean out your closet and get rid of clothing that doesn't yeah. fit anymore. Mm -hmm. um, let's go shopping and see what it's like to like mm -hmm. try on clothes or, hey, yeah. do you like, want some assistance if you're in a larger body going to a restaurant and advocating for yourself if you don't fit in a booth, right? Like, yeah. um, so really being able to just kind of continue to do that work around body image, mm. um, but having a little bit more of a hands-on approach. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I'm sure that's very, very helpful for clients. And I could see too, I mean, I have had this conversation with clients and have had a lot of brave clients who have like, wanted to kind of dig into this of like, okay, I don't live in a fat or plus size body. So there's some mm -hmm. things that I can't, while I can still like, you know, be on your side and advocate for you and all of that, yes. like I don't have like lived experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so helpful for people to really get support from someone who gets it more than someone who looks like me would. Yes. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's so important and like a huge missing piece in the dietitian space, therapy space, healthcare in general. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I'm sure for clients it's like, okay, I love that Mackenzie looks like me. 
And I feel like she's safe and I can trust her and she gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, Where again, some clients wouldn't feel that way with me and that's okay. I'm like, I'd rather, and I'm not a therapist, so we'd be seeing different people doing different things (laughs) anyway. But I'm like, I'd rather them go see my kids anyway. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So yeah, that sounds like amazing work. So with the coaching aspect, are you then able, are you seeing clients like kind of all over the US? Is it more Mm -hmm. just Tennessee or? Yeah, so I... I can see clients all over the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. Given the sort of like more experiential nature of it, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to be in the same city. Yeah. However, um, we can do a lot of amazing work virtually too. Mm-hmm. Um, should someone want to like engage with that, it's just a little bit more like, cool, let's talk about this. Go do this. Try it. Yes. Or if you want me on the phone mm-hmm. with you while we're doing X, Y, and Z, um, yeah. certainly I found ways to to make it work. Make it work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. So for people listening who want to learn more about you, learn more about the work that you do and body image coaching, where can they find you? Yeah. So best place um, would either be on my website, which is mckenziefox.co. So not .com, .co. <laughs> um, or you can check out my Instagram, which is Coach Fox. Perfect. And I will make sure both of those are linked in the show notes as well. Um, well, thank you so much, Mackenzie, for taking time for this conversation today. Um, I know, yeah, this will be a really impactful conversation for people to hear. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at free method nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.